and um, we just thank you for your giving. We just wait till the kids go out. Looks like the holidays are finished. Who had a great holiday? Who wished they were still on holidays? Oh, wow, that's good. Fantastic. Hey, why don't you take your offering up? And I just want to say this. I just really appreciate the generosity and the faith of this church. Uh, We've got a whole lot of things to do. How many of you know God gives us a vision? The Bible says without vision you perish. But God also provides, and he is our provider. And, you know, the way that vision is fueled is through us. And God wants to bless us, but he wants to bless us to be a blessing. So just take your offering right now, and we're going to pray together. Father, thank you. We thank you, God, for your incredible provision. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you do give us vision. You give us a purpose. You give us a mandate. And Father, today we also thank you that you provide an opportunity for us to be part of that vision in our giving. And so, Father, bless your people as they give today in Jesus' name. Amen. Just underneath your, just this row here, there's some containers. If you just pass them down, that'll be great. Now, if you do need a credit card slip, just lift your hand up. Does anybody need a credit card slip? There is right at the back over there. Fantastic. We're going to change some of that in the new building, which will be fantastic. Um, Now, could you ring Susie? In a moment, um, uh, we're going to get Susie to come up here. She doesn't know this. Uh, For those of you that don't know, that Susie actually works for um, NMIT, and uh, she's been with us for about a year and a half. She's the lady that stands at the gate and welcomes us in. And she is an amazing, an amazing person. So when she comes in, could you do something for me? Could we all stand? She'll be in absolute shock. She hates attention. But could you just stand and let's just give her a standing ovation. Uh, How many of you just are thankful for her? She has been absolutely amazing. So when she comes in, I'll stop saying whatever I'm, you know, in the middle of saying. And we will make sure that we bless her and we encourage her. Just before I share some messages this morning, um, let me just uh, give you some, some guidelines for next week. Um, every new chapter or every new building that we've been in has two things that happen at the same time. It's the paradox of change. The first thing, it's exciting. How many of you are excited about moving into the new building? I mean, it's been a three-year journey and we're very excited With the excitement comes challenges. It's the paradox of life. It's a little bit like, you know, when you get married, you're very excited, but you know there's going to be some challenges and all sorts of things. It's just the reality of life. So I just want you to be aware of some of those challenges that we might have because of change. The first one is car parking. Now, there's 75 car parks behind our building. Can I just say this? Can we... Can we try and uh, work out that those car parks are for our senior people and for our people with families? Is that all right? I still need to exercise, so I won't be parking there, okay? There's another car park in, next door to us. As you walk in, it's on your left, uh, and it's in a building called Money 3. And Money 3 has got 55 car parks, and so we can utilise that. So can I please ask that we make sure that we reserve the 75 car parks for the seniors and for families. There will be people to direct you, and that will be great. Why don't you stand to your feet and just get Susie. uh, We're going to get Susie up here. We just want to say thank you to her. Come over here. All right. Just be seated. Now, Susie, I know you don't like surprises, but we we had to do this. And you have been absolutely amazing to us. You know, your your smile, your attitude, nothing has ever been too much. And I personally want to say to you, thank you so much. You have made our job so much easier. You you open up, you close up. Can you come to our building and do that too? (laughs) That would be great. We're not going to pay you, but if you can come. (laughs) Now, I bought this because I thought it was cute. (laughs) So it says, thanks for everything you do. 
And there is a gift in here. And I really hope that you, you really enjoy it. I want you to come and visit us. We will make sure that we be in touch, especially in our opening, you're going to get an invitation. Thank you. Is that all right? Yes, and absolutely. Do you want to say something? Oh, just very quickly. Yeah. I just want to say that the time that I've been here, it really means a lot to me because I, I come into work and I see you all and I know it's going to be a good morning. I actually get a buzz from you all and I thank you all from my heart. You're all very kind and I've never, not only in work but also... Um, out of work, seen a big group of people that have been that kind and nice and happy. So it, it says a lot for you guys, and I really appreciate everything. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Just stay here for a minute. Just stay here for a second. Now, um, I don't know if anybody's ever done this for you, uh, but do you mind if we pray with you? Is no, that okay? You can do yeah. That. I, what do I do? You don't have to do anything. <laughs> you, I love, what do I do? <laughs> you just have to close your eyes and just be blessed, yeah, all right? Yeah. That's all we want you to do. So why don't you close your eyes and let yeah. us pray for you. Father, today we thank you for this incredible lady. We thank you for her heart. We thank you for what you've done in her life. We pray, God, that in this next season of her life that you will bless her, that she will know your love in such a deeper, deeper way. I pray, God, that she will know the blessing of God like never before. We thank you for her and we love her today. And so bless her, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. Thank, thank you. you. Bless you. Bless you. Stand. Come on, stand to your feet as she walks out and give her a huge... Do you know, she is the best greeter in our church. You, you need to come and train all. I mean, our guys are great, don't get me wrong, but she, look at her, she is amazing. She's absolutely amazing. So as I was saying, there are, there's excitement and there's challenges all at the same time. It's a paradox. It's that, that tension of truth. And so, you know, these are some things I just need to, you to be aware of. It's going to take us some time to adjust just to car parking. It's going to take some time just to work out how we're going to do communion. We're not going to get it right all the time, but please be patient. Here's a big, big thing that I need you to understand. Um, we're going to have some challenges with the sound. Now, you know, our, our acoustic engineers gave us a report. Unfortunately, it wasn't exactly the right report. They've had to come back. And so we've got to do some more uh, things to the stage to get it acoustically right. Uh, it's going to take us two weeks to do that. That means that the sound could uh, be hard to manage. Now, please, please hear my heart on this. I don't want you to go to our sound crew and tell them to put the sound down or do this or do that because they're going to have a hard job trying to get it right. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean I'm not aware of it. I'm very aware of it. The last two Wednesday nights, I've gone in with our team to practice, and I know there's some challenges, but it's just going to take us some time. Now, it's not that I don't want to hear your, you know, your, 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 your thoughts about it. It's not that I don't want to listen as a pastor, but there's a process that you need to do. Number one, don't go to our sound team. Number two, don't come up to me. Number three, don't go to Charles, okay? <laughs> Please don't do that. If you go to Charles, you're just going to get more confused anyway, you know what I mean? So... So where's Bernie? Where's Bernie? Bernie, come up here. Give Bernie a big hand. <laughs> I, I, we could have not done what we've done without this man. Uh, he, has, he has been part of the building process. He's built the auditorium, done an amazing job. But, you know, behind the scenes, I don't know how many times I've had to ring him, he's helped me to navigate to project manage the church, which has saved us most probably eighty to $100,000. And Bernie's graciousness, he knows the building, he knows everything about it, he knows the technical side uh, and everything like that. If you have any thoughts that you want to just share and you feel like you've got some concerns, he's the man you go to, okay? He's got big shoulders, all right? So please, you know, it's not that I don't want to give you an opportunity because all of us, we're a family, 
Uh, I want to give you the opportunity to, to share some concerns or thoughts. But, but please be very, very patient um, and also be, be understanding. I don't understand how some of this stuff works, neither does Charles, uh, and neither do a lot of us, and, and you too. <laughs> but, but Bernie's the man you go to, and that will help us to stay focused on ministering to people and not get caught up with things. Is that all right? So if you could do that, that would be absolutely fantastic. Thanks, Bernie. I really appreciate you. Give him a big hand. There's also a lift in the building, and the lift is quite accessible. Now, we've got some great young children, and uh, they, I tell you, some of them are future leaders. The ones that annoy you at the moment, they're the future leaders, do you know what I mean? Um, One of my friends was Brian Houston's senior uh, senior pastor. Brian was his youth pastor. He said to me, he said, um, one day he said, Brian was a rat bag. He was a rat bag. Today he's one of the greatest leaders around. So don't, you know, we don't want to stop kids from their personality and, and we don't want to box them in, but we do want us to, as parents, can I say this? It's not my responsibility. It's not Marie's responsibility as the children's pastor or the children's... As a parent, it's your responsibility for your child. We want to help, we want to educate, we want to minister to your children. But please be aware of the dynamics of the building and we're going to get used to that. So the lift is one of those things that could cost a lot of money if you know, we've got people playing with it and kids are going to be prone to that. So parents, just please be aware of it. If that happens, the lift will get stuck and that means we have to bring a service person through and that could cost us. That serving costs are quite a lot. Is that all right? Are you all happy? Now, guess what? This is not my church. This is our church. Don't let me be the only one or our ministry team that takes responsibility for this church. You're responsible. If you see a piece of paper, if you see a cup, if you see somebody spilt something, don't just go, oh, well, the guys will fix that. Why don't you get involved with that and you fix it? Because you know what? Once you start to do that, then we'll understand what true family is about. And if we can do that, God will bless us. This building is not the be-all and end-all. It is a means and it has a purpose to reach people in the community. But we need to be the example. Is that all right? All right. Family talk over. Isn't that great? (laughs) You all excited about that? I'm going to have a drink, if that's okay. Can you turn to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31? Isaiah 40, 31. We're about to enter into a season of prayer. In the middle of the busyness, the excitement, the realities of change, we must not lose our focus. My attention, even though we are moving in this new building, is not the building. You might think that, it might look like that, but let me tell you, that's not where my focus is. My focus is in making sure that we create an environment, an atmosphere, where people can come to to be touched by the power and the Spirit of God. It's not the building that's going to change people's lives. If we put all our hope in the building and think, well, the building's going to take us into the next season, we've we've lost the plot. Let me tell you, it's only Jesus Christ that changes lives. It's only his power and his spirit, as we're touched by his spirit, that will change lives. And so I'm not that caught up in the building. I know the realities, I know the practicalities, and I know the responsibilities of it. But that's not where my focus is. We're about to come. Tomorrow we start praying and fasting. It is a three weeks, a seven day, sorry, 21 day praying and fasting. Now, it's a Daniel fast. That means that you don't have to you know, fast for 21 days, no food and just a bit of water. You might choose to do that. There are some people in our church that have chosen to actually fast like that. That is a personal choice. It's not something that I dictate. It's something the relationship that you have with God through prayer is between you and God. Um, I'm there to lead and encourage us to connect with God whichever way you feel convicted to do so. Um, 
And so we're about to start this 21-day praying and fasting. And I believe it's so significant. It is very, very significant that we do that because um, we don't want to just move into this building and just get excited by the building. I want to see God do some greater things. I, I want to see people's lives transformed and changed. This is a new chapter. This is a, a, a whole new chapter for us all as, as a corporate body, but also as an individual. Actually, on the way to church this morning, as I was driving, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I saw two types of people. I saw a book, and it was like the, the, the page had been turned, and there was a new chapter. Now, I'm, a, I'm very you know, aware of those things. My wife is an author, and I know when she writes a new chapter, it's like she, she has all this dialogue, and all of a sudden there's a fresh page. And I just saw a fresh page. And... I felt that there was two responses to this new page. There was one response was people were really excited going, I can't wait for this new season. I can't wait to start seeing what God's going to write on this new chapter. But then I saw another group of people and they were going, they were hesitant. They were going, man, 2015 has been so disappointing and so hard. I'm scared to see what this year is going to look like. Can I say this? God wants to give you a great year. God wants to do something brand new in us. And we, as a church, we're about to turn. We've, today is the last day. It's like we're turning the page. This is the last page. What we do today will be written and then there'll be a brand new page. It's up to how we respond to God what gets written on that page. And I'm excited about that. And so this passage of scripture came to me today. The title of my sermon today is Waiting with Anticipation. Isaiah 40.31 says, Those who wait for the Lord or on the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not get tired. They shall walk and not become weary. So let me just explain just how the power of this passage, because it helps us to understand our season. Firstly, every new season, we need new strength and we need a fresh anointing. We can't go into this next chapter of your own individual life, your family life or your church life with the old strength of 2015. You can't even go there with the same mindsets. You can't even go there with the same thought patterns or else guess what we're going to do? We're just going to replicate and reproduce 2015. I want to see God do some new things. But to do that, you need new strength. You need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. The reason we are waiting on God is because we want renewed fresh anointing from the Holy Spirit. Or else we're just going to go on last year's anointing. See, you can't go into new seasons with the same mindset, and I don't want to, and I believe God wants us to have a whole new beginning. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 to 19, which was my first message this year, at the beginning of the year, it was, hey, forget the former things, uh, forget the things of the past. Behold, I do a brand new thing. But for God to do a brand new thing, you need to get, you need to get refreshed by the Spirit of God. It was interesting, we were in the prayer meeting this morning and John had exactly the same picture. He said, I see a page, I see a book with a brand new page. How many of you are glad there's a brand new page this year? We have got an incredible opportunity to stamp something fresh on that page. It's not just for our church, it's for your family. It's for you as an individual. It's for you uh, in your workplace. God wants to do some new things, but we need new strength in this new season. And then the Bible, in this particular scripture, the Bible gives us a picture of an eagle. And, you know, the Bible's written in shapes, in types, in shadows to make us understand the power of his word. Here, this particular scripture, you know, the, the, the writer uses an eagle. And it's, a, it's very symbolic to make us understand what actually God is saying here because the eagle's characteristics help us to understand how he renews himself. Because the Bible says this in Isaiah, it says, those who wait on the Lord will gain you strength, they will mount up as an eagle. Let me just give you some of the characteristics, what an eagle does to renew its strength. Firstly, an eagle has great vision. It can actually see 
uh, 50 miles distance. I can't believe that. I don't know how many kilometres that is. It might be 35. But, you know, I can't even see right, you know, I can't even see the tree out there. If I take these glasses off, many of you look fantastic. Let me tell you, if these glasses come off, I can hardly see. But an eagle has the ability to have great vision and, and God wants us to have great vision. He wants us to see beyond the borders of our limitations. He wants us to even see into the distance, the decades of what God has for us ahead. Secondly, the eagle never surrenders. It's one of those birds, it's the, it's the king, it's like the lion's the king of the jungle. The eagle is the king of the air. He never surrenders. He never gives up. He has this ability to, to fight and take land, not only to, to protect his land, but to take land. And that's an amazing thing. Here's the third thing. Eagles don't shy away from storms. They're the only bird, when storms come, and we had one last night, when storms come, eagles don't fly away from the storm. They actually fly into the storm because they use the currents of the storm to lift it higher. That's a great thought, isn't it? What do you do when there's a storm? I like to run. (laughs) I'm like, get me out of here. Give me some cover. But, you know, God has put you know, that spirit in us that he wants us, when we go through trials and tribulations, that what happens, it should lift us higher. Here's the fourth thing. At the age of 30, which is so incredible because it's actually the age of maturity, the feathers, after 30 years, the feathers begin to degenerate. They begin to wear down, and it stops the eagle from having the power and the strength that it used to have. So the eagle goes through a metamorphosis. It retreats to a mountaintop for five months. The number five is the number of grace. Isn't that amazing? It's just, when I started reading some of this stuff about an eagle, I thought, isn't God amazing that to help us understand the way of the spirit, he's put things in the natural, in natural you know, aspects of life to make us understand how the spiritual realm works. So for five months, and you know what they do? They go to this mountaintop and they pluck out their feathers. You've ever heard of a bold eagle? Well, they become bold. I've plucked out a few of my feathers, you know what I mean? It's spiritual. Charles, when you go home tonight, when you actually, Charles is turning 30 next Friday. 30 years old. I'm going to come and pluck your hairs out. You're going to get renewed. Actually, you know, how symbolic is that? You're coming into a whole new chapter of your life. Wow. How symbolic is that? whole new chapter, whole new wave, whole new depth of the Spirit. That's so exciting for you. It's absolutely amazing. How symbolic. So he plucks the, the actual wings, and, and they have um, talons, or rather claws, three at the front and one at the back, and they actually pull them out. They go through a whole new renewal process and they even, um, some of them, they, they apparently smack their, their beaks against rocks to break them out because there's a new one that'll grow. I mean, when I read this, I thought to myself, gee, you know, imagine what the, the process and, and the pain that that must cause. But the eagle knows that to rejuvenate and to get new strength, it must go through a process of waiting of dealing with some things that are internal and external so it can get, and guess what happens? It doubles its lifespan. It goes for another 30 to 40 years and it comes off that mountaintop with great strength. So why do we wait? So what's this scripture really about? What is praying and fasting really all about? Is praying and fasting just about trying to manipulate God? No, it's not. Let me give you three things this morning that will help us to pray and fast and hopefully give you some direction and some purpose because maybe you're contemplating and you're thinking to yourself, I'm not sure whether I want to pray and fast, but you know, it is a biblical uh, requirement for us to renew our strength, particularly as we're going into a brand new season. The first thing is that when you wait, waiting doesn't mean that you just do nothing. This scripture is not saying that you just do nothing. It doesn't mean that you just sit around being frustrated, whoever gets like that. 
You're waiting and think, man, I'm just frustrated. I wish God would hurry up. Charles this morning gave us that word that, you know, God's on it. He's, he knows the right time. And it's not just about waiting with complaining and a stressful attitude. There's something deeper that the Bible talks about here when it talks about waiting. So here's the things that we need to do. When you wait, what this word wait here means, it means that God wants you to seek him. This is a period of time to seek God with all the desires of your heart. The reality of this is that God, if we can go to the next slide please, that God actually is looking to see what the priorities of your heart is. What prayer and fasting does, it brings you back to the realities of your desires and your passions. Now, do you know your desires and your passions are so strong and so powerful? They are so strong and so powerful. Whatever you are seeking today, it's because of what you desire. Whatever... Wherever your focus is, it's because your passions and your desires are actually governing what you seek. Now, we don't always seek the right things. Let me tell you, we don't always seek the right things. But what God does in a time of of fasting, what God is trying to hone in on is where are your passions and where are the desires of your heart? Sometimes they can shift. But God wants them to be in a place where our heart is totally focused on him. I just want to read you this passage of scripture just for a moment. Let me just find it. Song of Songs. Who's ever read any scriptures out of Song of Songs? Put your hand up if you have. Oh, wow, quite a few people. Um, Song of Songs is is quite a, you know, uh, my brother-in-law wouldn't let, his son read it till he was about 18 because it was R-rated. Do you know what I mean? It's like you can't read this. X-rated, whatever it is. But really when you understand the symbolism and the poetry that it's written in, it's about a lover seeking his or her lover. And I just want to read this passage of scripture. In Song of Songs 3 it says this, All night... Song of Songs, chapter 3, verse 1. All night long on my bed I looked for the one my heart loves. I looked for him but could not find him. I will get up now and go about the city through its streets and squares. I will search for the one my heart loves. So I looked for him but I did not find him. The watchmen found me and they made their rounds in the city. Have you seen the one my heart loves? Scarcely had I passed them when I found the one my heart loves. I held him and will not let him go till I had brought him to my mother's house, to the room of the one who conceived me. This is about, this, this poetic picture here is that when love is, is true and when love is deep and when the passion of your heart is drawn to someone, you desire them so much that you go seeking for them. And this is what God, this is what prayer and fasting does. God wants to see what the priority of our heart is. Do you know, when I first met Meredith and started going out with her, I was thrilled. I was thrilled because I had found the person um, that, that I was going to end up marrying. And my, my, my desires and my passion for her caused me to seek her. Now, I didn't like where she lived. She lived three and a half hours from Adelaide in a place called Melrose. I've told you these stories before. But love does funny things to you. I did not want to go to Melrose. I did not like country towns. Um, the, the thing is, I had a brand new car. It was a Sigma. And I just bought it. In those days, they were popular, you know? <laughs> My father worked for Mr. Bishy, you know what I mean? And so, and here I was, and so he got me to buy this brand new Sigma. And I had rules. I had a code. You know, this, this car was not to go on dirt roads. I would be washing it every, uh, you know, weekend. You know, I'd do what most young men do. Uh, you know, I'd put it in front of the house on the lawn I'd get my hose ready, I'd be in my shorts, you know, just, just my shorts and show my body off and there I was, parading myself and girls, look at me, washing my Sigma. <laughs> there I was. I wish I had a picture of it. It was shocking. And I had rules. There was no dogs allowed in my car. There was no dogs near my car. 
or in it. And um, amazing thing, as soon as I met Meredith, my passion, the love for her, caused me to seek her out. And that car went on dirt roads. That car had dogs in it. That car had dogs pee on the wheels. But I would seek her out. You know, and, and I'll tell you this, I, I used to hate, I couldn't, didn't have direction. I, I didn't know where I was going half the time and you used to have to go and she used to say, it's really easy, you go up here, you go to, you know, Clare and then from Clare you go here and then you turn to, you know, Murraytown and I didn't know where that, I'd never been in the country. But isn't it funny when you love somebody, you will seek them out. You will seek them out. See, praying and fasting is God's trying to get what are the priorities of your heart. Now, gentlemen, let me give you a little bit of advice here. Girls, your wife or your fiancé or your girlfriend loves first love. They actually want to be treated first love all the time. Is that right, ladies? Now, ladies, I'm giving you a plug here. If you're going to just say that, forget it. Is that right, ladies? Do you want, don't you want first love? You want to be sought after. And it's when, it's when what dies in a marriage is when you, you go to second, third, fourth, fifth love, which talks to your priorities have changed. Do you know God is a lover? He wants to be pursued. He wants to be the, the, the first, he wants to be the priority of your heart. And I'll say this to you. You know God plays hide and, hide and seek with us. God will play hide and seek with you. He'll go silent. He'll step back. Do you know what? Because he's waiting to see if you will go seeking him. Will you go and find him? And sometimes he goes silent and you go, God, where are you? And he's just waiting and goes, will you wait? Will you wait? Isn't it interesting when you get married, you know, the guys come to church first and we're all excited and they're all, you know, I've done quite a few weddings and you see the groomsmen and they're worried, you know, is everything going to be happening? And, and the bride always makes you wait. They always, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, give me a break. True love waits. And one of the great keys about the scripture is the waiting process is about seeking him. You know, Meredith <laughs> is really funny because, you know, we, we've started, you know, sort of doing some changes to our eating and um, in the process, fasting is not just good for your spirit, it's good for your uh, physically. And she's been changing her diet for about three days just to get, you know, sort of get into the routine of it. She goes, she gets on the scale, she, more, she goes, nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. It's actually gone the other way. It's called patience, called waiting. And one of the things God wants to do is in this prayer and fasting, he wants you to seek him. Make sure that you spend time. It's not just about giving things up. It's about seeking him. Spend some time, quiet time, seeking him. Here's the second one. Waiting is about being still. It's not just about seeking him, but it's about being still. Stilling the distractions of your life. Psalm 46 verse 10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. Do you know, it's interesting. It's hard to still yourself when there's distractions. But it's hard to still yourself in a storm. How many of you know that? There are some of you here this morning, you're in a bit of a storm. And when you're in a storm, you want to put your hands on everything. I've got to do this and let me, if I do this, maybe if I do this. And God says in the middle of the storms, be still and know I'm God. Praying and fasting is not just about seeking God, but it's learning how to still your spirit. To have peace and to have rest. When you don't have rest in your spirit, you'll become reckless. One of the things that I've had to try and do really hard this last year, last year, but even now, right now, my world is really busy. Uh, phone rings, uh, people need this, people need that. Do you, you know, I've had to go, God, in the middle of this, I've just got to be still. 
Everybody's pulling, what about this, what about that? In the middle of it, I've got to stay at rest. If I don't, I will make reckless decisions. And storms are incredible because when a storm comes, and you can read the storm in Matthew chapter, the, the storm in Matthew 4:37, when the disciples, Jesus says, "Let's go to the other side," and guess what happens? And they get caught in a storm, and in the middle of the storm, Jesus is asleep. Can you get that? Have you ever felt like, Jesus, what are you doing? We are in the middle of a storm, and you are asleep. You're uncaring. You don't seem to care. And here I am, and you know what we do? We start bailing water. Let's get the water out. Let's get, look, we're sinking. And they wake Jesus up, and it's so interesting to see what Jesus says. Because when I read this, it sort of messes with my head a bit, because what he does is he turns and he says, quiet, be still. Now, I'm not sure that Jesus was speaking to the wind, I think he was speaking to the disciples. Be still. Be quiet. Be still. Do you know, prayer and fasting, what it does is not only does it prioritize your heart, it positions your heart. What is the position of your heart? If we don't get this right in our own individual lives and in our church life, we are going to be frantic, And the priorities and the position of our heart will be all wrong and the Spirit of God can't move through us. I know there's the busyness of life and some of you right now are in a storm and I I really believe this, that, you know, what God says in that still moment is, will you know me and will you trust me? Last week, my wife and I were in Adelaide and we went there to celebrate my brother-in-law's 50th birthday. You know, we, we, we just... We was thinking, shall we go, shan't we go? There's a lot going on in the church. But, you know, we thought, do you know what? We've got a great team. The church actually seems to function better when we go, which is a great thing. Um, and, you know, so we need to celebrate our family. So we went. In the middle of it, one of our family c- circle... Um, and some of you know this story, that one of the young men uh, in our family circle, he's actually a like third cousin removed, was struck by lightning. How many of you heard the story? Chris Guglamucci, instantly gone like that. Who would have thought? We had the opportunity to go and see his parents. And in the middle of the tragic trauma, it is very hard to be still. It's very hard to be quiet. It's very hard to trust and know. And as we're speaking to Danny, he made this one comment. He said, Nick, I've been preaching lately that God's sovereignty doesn't always bring us clarity. And I thought, wow. Sometimes the sovereignty of God, the things that we can't see and we don't know and we don't know, we'll never know until we get to heaven. Do you know how hard it is to do that? How many of you today, and Dan, could you come up here because we're going to close in a few moments. How many of you today are maybe going through a storm and you're trying to work it all out? I've got a few storms in my life at the moment. You're trying to work out, and these are the things that happen. These are the questions. Why? God, how? God, when? These are the questions that we pose God. And God sometimes doesn't answer. He he just says, be still. Let me fight for you. I'd rather have God fight for me than me try and do my own fight. Be still and know I'm God. And then you get that other thing that we try to do, which is found in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. This need for us to impress. The need to us to impress and be seen like Martha and Mary. They invite Jesus to their place and Martha's running around because she wants to impress 
Jesus. Mary's sitting at his feet and, you know, Ross and Cheryl and myself went to Bendigo, not Bendigo, to Lancefield to do a seminar conference for the Bendigo School. There was about 80 students, 80 teachers. And Ross did a, and Cheryl did a, a personality profile. And uh, it was really interesting. My, I, I was not surprised totally by my personality profile, but I didn't realize how task-orientated I am. And sometimes I realize that when people aren't doing tasks, I get upset. I was reading this story yesterday. I was thinking to myself, oh, gosh, I'm a bit of a Martha. Come on. And I, can, I know what her personality was like. She was running around doing everything. And Mary, lazy Mary, is sitting at Jesus' feet like this. And then most, who knows what they were talking about. And she would have been going in and out of the room, going, Mary. She would have been going past Mary, going, Mary. Ever done that? It actually, this is what the Bible says. It's hilarious. It says this in verse 40. Martha was distracted by all the preparations. Guess what? This week, we got preparation. We better not get distracted about what this is all about. We're going to get ready. We're going to work hard. We're going to get the building ready. We're going to put all the couches out and all the new furniture and all the stuff. And there's floating floors going in the kitchen this morning. In the cafe, you should see the cafe. It's going to look great. But let me tell you, we better sit at the feet of Jesus. (laughs) That's what it's about. We're going to lose what God wants to do. What is praying and fasting about? It's about stilling yourself, removing yourself. It doesn't mean that you can't do preparations, you can't do those things. But what it means is this, is that we position our heart for God to do something new, to re-strengthen us and renew us of the next chapter. Here's the last thing. It's when we wait on God, that's when we get strategy and direction. Uh, the other day, my wife and I bought the movie War Room. Uh, I'd heard so much about it. Uh, one of the home groups had gone to see it. And um, I've seen the fruit of the principles of that movie. Um, if I can say this publicly, and you guys are you're good friends, and I know you'll be right, but John and Julie, man, your prayer life has just changed. And can I say this to you? You can, you can tell. You can tell. I know some of the storms you went through last year, but it's like when you went to see the prayer room, you just go, that's it. We're going to take the strategy. And I know now you pray every morning. It's a challenge to me together. You've seen turnarounds in work and family. And I saw five minutes of the prayer room, and this is what it says. It says, sometimes we pray but we don't have a strategy. Do you know how you get your strategy? You've got to listen to God. Strategy does not come by just common sense. The strategy of your spirit does not come just by common sense. It comes by hearing the voice of God. If you don't hear the voice of God, then you will not get direction. I've met with a couple of couples this year, and you know they have wanted to make some directional changes in their life which has been all fantastic. And I've told him to journal. I said, the key thing is to journal, but is to wait on God and let him give you the strategies for your future. Now, some of you, I don't know, maybe you don't, but some of you might think, wow, these last three years, look at how the church has gone. And, you know, Nick must be a really great leader. And well, I hope you think that. But, you know, Nick must be a really good leader and he must be doing this. Can I tell you a key? Sometimes, and I've said this to Charles on many occasions, Charles, just keep everybody thinking that we're good. Just let them think that. And let me tell you the truth. Man, I get overwhelmed. Sometimes I look and I think, God, how is this going to happen? So I go down and I just go, God, you better help me in this because I don't have a clue how this is going to work out. 
God, I just don't have a clue. God, I don't know what to do. I'm just being very open with you. God, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. And God speaks to me. Do you know God wants to speak to you? He wants to speak to you, but you need to listen. You need to make time to listen to him. Prayer and fasting is a period of time where you can just step back and hear what God wants to say. Now, you know what? We need to build that in our culture and in our life all the time. And there's a difference from hearing and listening. When I speak to my wife sometimes, she says to me, you you hear me, but you're not listening to me. Wives, how many of you know you know what I'm talking about? She goes, you can hear me, but you're not listening. She says to me, you, you know, when, you're, when I talk to you, look at me in the eyes. Because you listen not just with your ears, but with your eyes. Ladies, am I, am I being honest here? Ladies, I'm really giving you a big plug today. I've given you romance, all sorts of things. So what she does is sometimes I'm walking around. She goes, you're hearing me, but you're not listening. What? So she goes like this. Listen to me when I'm talking to you. <laughs> I should do that to you. Too. Listen to me when I'm talking to you. <laughs> Listen to me. Prayer and fasting is not about manipulating God. It's about making room for God. It's about getting seeking Him some of you, 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 right now you're feeling like I can't even find him. It's okay. Keep looking. Because the Bible says if you seek him with all your heart and all your soul, you'll find him. So what's he trying to do? He's trying to see where he is in your priority of your heart. Don't be fooled. God knows. Sometimes you'll step back in the shadow and just wait. You're running around. You're seeking this. You're seeking that. You're running around everywhere. And God's saying, I'm here. I'm here. Just keep looking. God wants us to be still in the storm. He wants us to trust Him. God doesn't want us to get distracted with just preparation, even though preparations are important. But God wants to give you a strategy. You know what? This is, I'm going to finish with this. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Listen. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans, listen, to prosper you. And to give you hope and a future. You're not going to have a future if you don't have hope. And how are you going to get that? Let me tell you, if you listen, don't go listening to everybody else. Man, people have got so many opinions. You need to do this, Nick. You need to do that. Nick, you need to do this. You know what? It can drive you batty. Sometimes I feel like I'm so discouraged. I walk away discouraged. I think, man, alive. You know what? I'm just going to listen to what the Holy Spirit says to me. And if you can hear his voice, and it goes on to say this, when you seek me, with all your heart, you will find me. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're about to enter a great season, but we need new strength. This next 21 days could be a bit of feather plucking. Could be a little bit of God just uncluttering our heart. Let's go into this new season with renewed strength. God wants to do a new wineskin. The wineskin, the new wineskin is not the building. Hear what I just said. The new wineskin is not the building. Don't get it confused. The new wineskin is your heart. That's what's got to be renewed. Last year, there was disappointments. There was some rough things. We've got to get rid of those things. So God can renew our strength. Do you feel comfortable just to lift your hands towards heaven? Would you do that? Holy Spirit, come. Come and breathe afresh as we come into this season, this great new season of excitement, of, Father, of new days, of new dreams, of, Father, new relationships, of, Father, new adventures, Father, of unlocking the vision that you've given us as a church, but also, Father, as individuals. Father, today I pray that in the next three weeks, that if our priorities have not been right, 
that, Lord, our preparation hasn't been right. Father, if, if we have been distracted, that our purpose hasn't been right, Father, I pray that you'll align us. I see many of you being aligned by the Holy Spirit, being aligned to what the Holy Spirit wants to do, removing the stress and the anxiety so that your spirit could breathe through us again. Father, we bless you for that. We give you praise for that today. Come on, just with your hand, just lift it up. Say, God, today today I make a fresh commitment. Today, God, I'm going to go looking for you. I'm going to go seeking you. Father, I'm going to seek you. I know, Father, you are there. I'm going to go seek you. Lord, I want that passion. I want that first love to be renewed. I want that first love to be renewed. I want to position my heart so that you can use me in a whole new dimension. Father, we give you praise for that. And we bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Why don't you give God a hand of praise? Justin, you know, playing drums today, um, we really thank you for that. But you know what? I, I, I just see there's a new chapter for your life. Um, the last chapter hasn't been that crash. There's been some good chapters. The last chapter hasn't been that great. But you know, this new chapter, I believe is going to be a great chapter. And really grab a hold of that, Justin. Really grab a hold of it. God wants to do something absolutely new in your life, which is going to be amazing. There's a young lady, I can't actually see her, but I saw her while I was preaching. You're standing next to a tall guy. I can see the tall guy. Just give me a wave. Yeah, I can see you. It's the lady next to you. Can I just can I just have a look? Can you just part the waters there? Just let, just right there. How are you? Are you friends? Are you guys friends? You're married. That's great. That's awesome. That's why you're sitting so close together. I'm glad of that. Um, you know, there's just some things that God wants to shift in you. There's just been a few disappointments. And God just wants to really lift those things off you, love. Is that all right? He really does. He just wants to lift those things off you. You've been carrying some things that have been quite weighty. You know, this next part of your journey, God doesn't want you to take extra luggage. He wants you to be free. He wants you to run. That's why the Bible says, you know, that we will mount up as we, because when we run, we're not going to get weary. You've just been tired, okay? I don't know you. I, I don't know who you are, love, but I just keep getting impressed by you today. And I just want to say this to you. God is for you. He is for you. Okay, I'd love to catch up with you both after. Is that all right? Fantastic. Why don't we give God praise today and thank Him. And hey, we're about to enter a great new season. Let's rejoice. Let's enjoy next Sunday. Please remember there'll be some challenges. If there are any things you want to communicate, Bernie's your man. Uh, there's some guys here that are going to start packing up. There's some great food downstairs. Hey, we love you. Give someone a high five. Give someone a hug and say, hey, God bless you. Have a great day today. We'll see you next week in our brand new building.